All right, ladies and gentlemen, Ryan. Yes. Friends, Josh. countrymen. I don't know what else I say. All, all the other we, uh, stuff. Yes, all the things. We we are live. Welcome to another edition of the study of life. I'm so glad that we are studying life today for many reasons, but uh, that's going to tie in very well with uh, with our topic today. But uh, before we, you know, just dive in, I want to say hello to you. Hello, Josh. It's good to see you, man. Very good to see you. It's uh, it's good to be in this room again. This and is like one of the only times we get to sit down with each I other know. during the week. So it's I know, nice. I you know. know. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I know. And uh, and this is great. So uh, if you're joining us, uh, you're you've found us online either either on Facebook or on uh, YouTube or or maybe you found our podcast feed. And if so, you're not seeing us, you're hearing us, uh, which may be better on in the long 1. run. 1.5 or 2.0, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Speed, for sure. So we will try to talk clearly and slowly. Irene Phillips says, what's up, bros? Irene, what's hello. Up, bro? How you doing, Irene? Irene um, is probably, she's probably getting ready for kids clubs tonight, right. I bet. We love our kids ministry oh, here. They word. do such an amazing job my kids love going to it they learn about so much about jesus and our team is just awesome so I know. really grateful for them i know and they just have they just have fun which, they, I, which I love they do a great job with that i love I, yep. I often try to get my josiah to talk about what the lesson was but he wants to talk more about like the game that they play yeah you know um you which, gotta ask avery what the lesson was about she'll have a good answer. oh she'll have it okay yeah, good definitely. all right she's the one taking notes <laughs> She's one like yeah, absolutely, absolutely good. Yes, she good. loves That's, it. Yes, my, my Josiah has many gifts. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. That's not one of them. But uh, uh, yes, yeah. Well, um, and and so this is a big night for us. Um, it, it is Wednesday night, and so there's children's things going on. There are um, junior high and high school things going on. You know, we've each got one of those. Well, yeah, well, I've got a high school. You've got a. A uh, junior higher, and uh, they have a blast. Yep, as well. Oh, they do around here tonight. Growth track tonight. Growth track for adults. So there's a bunch of stuff going on on campus, and so uh, we're getting ready for that. It's going to be a blast tonight. And so, uh, well, hello, Carolyn. Carolyn, Carolyn says hi. Great to, great to hear from you too, Carolyn. Yes. Yep. Good to good to see you all. So um, once again, this uh, this is we call it vitology. Okay, it's a kind of a silly word, but it, the word means the the, the study of life. Um, now, that's what we're going to be doing. That's what we've been talking about in all thirty one episodes prior to this. Mm -hmm. This is now our thirty second episode, and so uh, we've been talking about it. But this week, uh, you actually almost said. I, I, I had a feeling that as you were preaching, you were thinking to yourself, I kind of want to say vitality. I did want to say it. You did? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, I'll tell you where I wanted to yes, say it, too. I remember. Um, it's, it was sort of towards the beginning that uh, where, where I asked, what class, yes. if Jesus were a professor at a university, That's what right. class would he be teaching? Mm -hmm. Right? And and I, I did think about saying vitology. Vital <laughs> the study of life of life yes yeah, right. yeah. It, was the, it was the study of life and that's what he came to teach us and that that's really kind of where where we you know this name came out of um came out of this this idea that that jesus came to give us and so to teach us mm -hmm. to give us life right the, the the verse jesus actually is the one saying he says that the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy and so and i think about that everything else <laughs> that isn't in the way of jesus 
is really taking away life in a lot yeah. of ways, right? Um, in in as much as it is in the way of Jesus, it is life giving, right? Right? Yeah. And so absolutely. So Jesus says that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so, so that's exactly what that's sort of where we, what we were talking about this weekend. It really is. Yeah, it really is. And then as a church, we're we're trying to I mean, we're trying to study and learn that. And, yes. And so uh, we are churches, a classroom, a classroom, a classroom. Yeah, I I this is one that um, I wrestled with for a long okay. time and w whether or not we would stick with calling it a classroom mm -hmm. or. That, that seemed to me, uh, ha it had the potential to be taken as, as being so solely cerebral, right? Yes. Like, let's just talk about ideas and um, and yet it's so much more than that. So I wrestled yes. with this. I almost went back on it. I think even at writing team last week, I was like, uh -huh. I don't know if I'm going to stick with this as the as, as the, the as the title yes. and my there's some other ideas that i had but you know when i really landed on this is this is a class we are a classroom was when jesus describes himself as a teacher he it's says I, i'm your teacher yeah. and your lord yeah and that's in john chapter 13 which we'll talk about this guy. next week but oh, no next week yeah um but Jesus is a rabbi mm -hmm. and he's, he's a teacher and mm -hmm. we want to enroll in his class. And admittedly, his class is far more kinesthetic than uh, most classes we've taken in school. Exactly. Cause actually one of the things that, that struck me throughout this message is that, that very thing, I, I think I missed writing team. So I'm glad you guys talked about that, but yeah, we did. I yeah. missed that, yeah. that, uh, uh, that time where uh, we sit and talk and, and just, just, let me just point out something that this can be so confusing and sometimes I'm not sure how Ryan does it, but he's kind of got three messages in his mind right now because earlier today we talked about the message. We gathered around a, a table, uh, a big table and talked about a message that's happening in a week and a half, 10 days from now. Yep. Um, he is um, very much in more than in the middle, 80% maybe done 90. I don't know. Done with the message for this weekend ish 65 <laughs> no, okay. no he's he's very much working on the message for this weekend okay that's two messages and right now we're going to talk about the message last weekend yeah so yeah so right now in there somehow in there. is all sorts of messages and so and yet we're gonna have a meaningful talk uh, conversation about this um because as, as i was listening um i was thinking to myself um man this doesn't sound like uh, many classrooms that I've been a part of. Uh, and and maybe that's a knock on, <laughs> I don't think that's a knock on your message necessarily. No, it could be more of a knock on the classrooms that I've been a part of. Right. And I think just our overall education system is probably geared be. towards, you know, learning information and then being able to regurgitate it, whether or not we incorporate that yeah. at all into our life. That's a whole nother discipline rather than that's learning, true. right? That's in, very in, true. Our, in the way that we think. That's very true. It's probably a flaw. I know, because I, I sat there thinking to myself, this in in my experience of of uh, you know being taught anything and then doing it, it has more of the the feeling of a maybe a gym yeah. or of training to do something. You know that you're you get taught like how to swing a tennis racket. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why that was the first one. A golf club. I don't you're know. Into tennis? tennis. I know. <laughs> Not really. I don't know. That came. That came out. Uh, <laughs> um, but you 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 get taught the mechanics. I'm thinking of something that's very clearly like has to do with 
your your swing, okay? yeah. a golf club where you're told to do this and now you go and practice that do it. a bunch. You do it. That's the only thing. There's no like reading about swinging a golf club. Yep. Yeah. I mean, maybe there is. I just don't know how useful that would be. Right. Or but, at least it, it may be an ingredient to being a successful golfer, but it certainly wouldn't be the whole ingredient. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be the whole picture. Yeah. And yet uh, classrooms that I've been a part of through college and seminary and all that stuff. I mean, and well before that mm -hmm. I had a lot to do with going home and reading this book. Yep. That was the homework it was not go and do much of anything, but go and learn more. Yes. So that, uh, that, yeah. Or that, go write me that's a paper, the model, that's right? That's as close as you get. But yeah. Yeah. And so this is a very different kind of classroom. Very different. Classroom. Very different. And in that for me was a challenge because mm -hmm. I, like, like I said, sort of have a, a mindset of this is what education looks like. It looks mm -hmm. like it, it, learning information and then being able to regurgitate that information yeah. on a test, right? Then, you know, if you can do that, you know it. Yes. Um, but that isn't the way that Jesus talks about knowing. Um, and so he wants to challenge his disciples, not just to hear, but to hear and do. Mm -hmm. And, and the, for me, the really interesting part of that passage and at, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter seven, was he says it's in the doing that we do the building, right? Yes. It's not in the believing, which is really interesting uh, because belief is, we would say, is absolutely foundational. Yeah. In fact, we would say that 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 belief and faith is how we're saved, right? Mm -hmm. It's that the grace of God that we access by faith in Jesus Um is what quote unquote saves us according to Ephesians chapter two. Yeah. But Jesus would say, yeah, that's all that's, that's true. But you really build a life by what you do. Hmm. And if that salvation, that belief, that trust in him never shows up in the actual hmm. pages of our life, then we probably should question whether or not we really believe. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Or who an interesting if it doesn't flesh itself out in the way we live, then we may be believing a part of it, yeah, but we're not believing all of it. You know, it can it can save this part of me, but but save. can it save? Yeah, yeah right? right. Like, and and by that, often we think like the part of me that will you know be in heaven one day or something like that. Yeah, or save my soul as if it somehow were like taken apart from me instead of saving me all of me right which is an life. i guess that's an interesting way to look at the hmm. sermon on the mount right like hmm. if we really believe that it's better to um bless those who persecute us i guess we'll do it right hmm. mm -hmm. and if we don't believe it we won't do it hmm. and there's a certain amount of joy that's on the line there right um there if we believe it's better to forgive those who wrong us than to take revenge will actually yeah. do it um hmm. rather than just say here's the answer the right answer is like a catechism right yeah. here's the answer what do you do when somebody wrongs you you're supposed to forgive them okay well do you do that <laughs> yeah you know yeah it's not a scantron test i <laughs> uh, got the right one right it was, it, it was all of the above oh no no Interesting. Yeah. So I, a lot of this message was about trying to get us to answer the question, do we believe, do we really believe that Jesus knew what he was talking about, about in, in regards to the nature of life and reality and 
vitology, if mm-hmm, you will. Mm-hmm. There's where that word could have come go. in. Um, do we really believe that Jesus knew what he was talking about? Yeah. And I mentioned the divine conspiracy last week in, in the Ryan brought a book section mm-hmm. because it's one of the, for me, it was the most foundational book in helping me reshape the categories in which I think about Jesus. Hmm. So, um, I used to think about Jesus as savior so easily, and I still do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't think about Jesus as rabbi quite as much because that wasn't something I was going to Jesus for. Yes. Yeah. In fact, as I think about it, we've in, in some of our circles, I'll say we've kind of been, um, warned against seeing Jesus as rabbi in a certain way. Because there's a there is a movement out there who will say that he is only a good teacher, right? Uh, uh, and, and, right. and clearly, that's that's uh, he was much more than only a good teacher. But he wasn't less. But he definitely wasn't less. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it. But yet, we've we've been kind of conditioned in a sense to say, well, if he's if he's just a teacher, then um, that's not enough. And so we've we've emphasized and. and I don't know if you can overemphasize this, but at least in in our experience of it, we've we've emphasized the the fact that he is savior so much so and almost neglected the part that he is teacher. That's a great point. Whereas we we really need to hold those together. It's, isn't it funny how that those pendulums of correction sort of swing one mm-hmm. way to another? Mm-hmm. And uh, I another example that that is not entirely disconnected is the way that we um encourage people against legalism, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I can't remember the last person that I met that was like overly obedient, right? Like that was so like legalistically obedient. And um, now licentious, I, I meet with a lot oh, of those yeah, kind of yeah. people, right? So that pendulum where we've got, we've guarded against legalism by failing to call people to obedience, mm. which is, which Jesus did unashamedly mm-hmm. um, is another way that that pendulum mm-hmm. sort of s- swings one way yeah. to another. Yeah. I would I would suggest, at least as a uh, for some for our listeners to think about. My guess is that licentiousness is a far bigger issue than legalism in the church today, at least in the evangelical church that we're a part of. Right? Yes, the, absolutely. The art stream, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't run into that many people that are just they're just fighting to be so obedient that, I mean, that would be sure great. Out there. I'm sure they are. But, <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, yeah, maybe it's not great. I'd <laughs> yeah. love to meet. <laughs> but it would be a, it would be, a, it would be a, in, in some sense, an easier, I don't know if it's easier, but it, it would be a welcoming person to talk to, well, to be, say, to show them, oh, how about grace? Yeah, you know? like, yeah. Because... Calling people, I've even huh. had people in a church say, I don't like that word obedience. Really? Yeah. And um, <laughs> one, one of them said, and it was, a, they weren't being critical at all. No. They, they said, you know, I, I tend hmm. to respond better to um, an invitation yeah. rather than a call to yeah. obey. Yeah. And I thought, well, uh, yeah, me too. But I think it says something maybe about our posture towards the call to obedience. And there's a little bit of resistance where we go, oh, gosh, don't, don't ask too much, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, which presents a problem if Jesus, if this is a class, if we are a classroom and Jesus is our rabbi and his commission to his disciples was teach them to obey all, all. that I've commanded. 
Yeah, that's, you know, there's some words that we can, we may not feel comfortable with. We may not want to apply to ourselves, but um, we can't just not like, I mean, you know, we can't just ignore something like that, especially that Jesus talks about. Not if we want to be disciples. That much. There you go. There yeah, you I, yeah, I don't think we have that luxury if we want to be yeah. disciples. Yeah. Because there's some things that Jesus is calling us. There's a number of things that Jesus is calling us to do as his followers mm -hmm. that we categorically cannot follow Jesus and not do. Mm -hmm. Like if we don't do those things, we are not followers of Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because um, Paul brings us up in Romans that 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 whole problem with licentiousness, right? So meaning that the uh, the problem is doing whatever you want, um, living, you know, living uh, the way that I'm going to say this, um, living a, a way, the way the world lives, okay? Worldly is kind of the uh, Christian word for it, that um, so that you can, you can point out how good God's grace is, right? right. And, uh, and now Paul says that that's going to happen, um, but there's almost in, in Christian world and in, in the Christian world, even in, in some pastors talked to many like this, that, that they kind of claim that, well, we can, we can do, we can live any way we want. We can drink whatever we drink, whatever that is, um, because God's grace is so much more. Now God's grace is more than that. <laughs> even that, right. It yeah. is God's grace is amazing. Yeah, what you're pointing out is I don't see many people the other way saying like, um, I can I can live the way that God wants me to because God's God's spirit in my life is right. so strong. Right. Which would be the reason we have freedom, according yes, to Galatians. Exactly you know, that we have freedom not to indulge the flesh, but to serve people in love. That's yes. that's the reason that for. Freedom crisis set us free. Absolutely. In fact, yeah. I think it's Galatians 5, I want to say 17, will say that 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 God, God's grace is there, but it's not so that we should do everything, anything we want. In fact, we should not do whatever mm -hmm. you want. That's the one you're thing free that to not Christians be, should not. You're free to yes. not be bound yes. by every carnal desire that you have. You don't have to give in to those. Yes. yes, yes. Oh, and Patty says, hi, hi, Patty. And Irene says, the call to obey also applies to us all, not just the 12 he called in scriptures. That's right. Yep. That's that's right. So totally it's it's not just um not just the leaders, it's not just the the pastors, um, not just the you know, the holier than thou kind of people. It's anyone who is calling themselves a disciple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so they're they're supposed to obey, and that's really what the that's what this classroom is all about, it's, right? It's yeah. about learning to obey. Right. And we know from Scripture that we can learn the Scriptures but not be drawn to Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's John chapter 5, verse 39 through 40. Jesus says to the Pharisees, you search the Scriptures and you know the Scriptures, mm -hmm. but the Scriptures point to me, and yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And so we would say that the Scriptures are revealing Jesus to us, mm -hmm. and but not just Jesus in concept, Jesus in person, and Jesus in person calls us to obey all that he has commanded that mm -hmm. we might be truly free. Because mm -hmm. um, one of the points I wanted to make on Sunday was that, well, um, 
one of the first points I made was that it's obedience is costly. It's difficult. It's yeah. challenging, but non-obedience is more it's costly. More. Yes. And I think that's an important concept or idea. Mm -hmm. Like it's life is going to cost you something, right? Yes. Now, whether it costs you in, in obedience to Jesus, that is the pathway to joy or whether it costs you in non-obedience yes. that I, I believe is a path to um, things being uh, stolen, killed and destroyed. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, to use Jesus's language in John 10, it's a costly either way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a cost. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, this reminds me, I, I was at a chapel at, uh, at Biola. It was actually, well, it was actually Talbot's chapel because they had better speakers. So you snuck on. So I snuck over and you you actually had to go. So talk about like um, legalism. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but they, they required us to go to a certain amount of chapels. And if you didn't, you had to like listen to tapes later. Right on. So yeah. anyway, I, it was great. We had some great speakers. And so I would go over to the to the Talbot Chapel bunch. And so Dallas Willard was there. Oh, was he? And, and yeah. I still remember him saying this, that, that uh, you know, Jesus says that my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And he said, now, do you want to know what a heavy burden is? That hmm. Satan's burden is heavy. Yeah. So this is the thing. Like if we, it, yes, there's something to, I mean, you know, there, there's, there's, there's something that we have to do and earn, not earn. Um, and we have effort to put into this, right? Um, well, let's just use, let's use anger as an example, yes. right? It is, it is challenging to um, catch yourself getting into a place of mm -hmm. anger mm -hmm. and deciding, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to, I'm going to forgive the person that is making me angry, mm -hmm. or I'm going to try to look at my part in that. Or mm -hmm. you, there's a lot of ways that, that we can address that, but it's, so, but it takes energy. It mm -hmm. also takes energy to get angry. Yes. So there's a yoke either way. Yes. The question is, do are we which yoke do we want to bear? Do yes. we want to bear the yoke of releasing our anger, mm -hmm. or do we want to bear the yoke of carrying our anger? And Jesus would say that yoke is way heavier yes. and it will destroy you eventually. That's exactly it. But either one of those yokes is costly in it a is. sense, right? It is. Yes, it's gonna, it is gonna cost us. And and that's the part that what Jesus is offering when we live in this way when we live with his heart, right? It's something so much, so much better. Yeah. Yep. Carolyn shares Dallas's uh, definition of grace, God's active presence in our lives, enabling us to do what we can't do on our own. Mm. That's good. Mm. That's good. That's really good. Really Thanks, good. Carolyn. Uh, Carolyn once bought me a book of Dallas Willard definitions, and it's one of my no favorite way. resources that I have. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. It was written by somebody who um, had listened to it, and I think been a student of his. Mm -hmm. I forget what her name is, but, um, and it has all of these like little quips from Dallas and definitions of the way that he defined things is was just so poignant and spot on. And so I love that, Carolyn. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So we talked about this idea yeah. of obedience and, um, and was it John, uh, first John, uh, chapter, is it three that says his commands are not burdensome. You mm -hmm. know, it's this, like, there is an invitation to, to joy, but we, we wanted to drill into what do you ha actually have to do to be obedient? Yes. Cause it's not as easy as just knowing, right? Yes. Um, and we all know that 
there there are people that know the right answers and don't do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like I very I have a hard time believing there's there's too many people that have, for example, had an affair that didn't know it wasn't the right thing to do, right? Yeah, that's usually not our problem. Our problem uh, is lack of knowledge, right? right? That it, or yeah, somebody that yeah. rung up a ton of debt, um, yeah. consumer debt, and went, "Wow, I didn't, I didn't know that was bad. No, no I didn't know no. I was going to have to pay that back sometime. No. I didn't know. No, it's not. It's usually not our knowledge that's the problem. Totally. totally. Um, and so, what is it that prevents yeah. us from actually doing? Yeah. And um. One of the, the one of the things the scriptures would say is that we renew our mind, right? Yeah. So we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And what I wanted to talk about in in that section, Josh, was this. And if I would if I'd had it to do over again, I sort of it evolved in the next two services a little bit. <laughs> but I love this analogy of of truth. What we believe is true is sort of like dropping a pin in mm. a, like a pin on a Google Map. Yes, yes. Take yes, me yes. to this destination. Yes, yeah. You know? Yes. And um, I, I talked about it a little bit, but I sort of teased it out and used okay, it good. as a bigger metaphor later yeah. on. Because if if we believe a lie and drop a pin there, we're gonna our life is gonna chase after that pin. So like you're you drop a pin to go navigate towards that. Navigate right? like you're directions. Like, like give to me directions to this drop point. A pin. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So anything I I think any conviction we have is like dropping a pin somewhere to say, uh-huh. I believe this is true. Take me there. Uh-huh. Um, and whether or not that pin is in the right spot in reality, in truth, uh-huh. is a huge determining factor to where our life ends up. Yeah, because we're going to follow that pin. And if we're following it to the wrong place, yeah, <laughs> then we're going to end up in like when you're in the 92029, I know where that is. <laughs> I, I know where that is. It's on a very dark, windy dirt road that you when you drive on it you go do people actually live out here <laughs> it reminds me of um <laughs> oh that reminds me of the episode of the office where steve carell is driving <laughs> and it tells him to turn right and he just turns into the water he drives into the, the lake, water right Dwight's like, no, no no it's water he's like you gotta trust the I machine trust the- <laughs> dang that would have been a good clip. yeah <laughs> um yeah that's a, that's a, that's a great way to think about it because we're, you know, I mean, it, it gets back to tying into a little bit about what worship is that we're, we're directing our lives towards something. Mm-hmm. We're following that. Um, that's a, that's a, that's well, a neat. Well, time. and I think, I think that, um, as we talk about reading scripture, right. Mm-hmm. It's like every time we open scripture, we're dropping a pin, right. We're going mm-hmm. like this. I believe ah. God, I believe that you are speaking through to us through this book and, I want to align my life with what huh. you said is true. Huh. And okay, wait. That's a good that's a good way to talk about um scripture. That's that I mean, I think that's that is what you're saying, but I just want to push back and say I I don't think that's what we do when we open scripture enough. Yeah, I don't know that we so I talked about narratives, I talked uh-huh. about mental maps, uh-huh. and I think sometimes we can get stuck in the details without seeing the grander picture of what God is doing in the scriptures, yeah, right? Yeah. And so um, you're right. I don't think we always do that. And I don't always do that, but I do think that there's this washing of our mind with the water yeah. of the word, right? It's, it's, this is, um, we believe that his word is a lamp to our feet and a light yeah, to our path. Absolutely. And that, um, yeah, it's not, it's not popular, uh, to say, gosh, we're, we believe that scripture is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe that it's accurate. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think it's a helpful way that I've been thinking about it over the last yeah, few days is like, really okay, how God, what pin do you want me to drop in my mind about what's true in regards to this passage? Yeah. What's this showing me about you? Mm -hmm. What's this showing me about the nature of the world that we live mm -hmm. in? Those are some of the questions that I ask as I read scripture. I really like that. I really like that. Cause that ended up being something that, uh, that you talked about as a, as one of our, our main tools mm -hmm. in the classroom right and so uh you gave us this uh this little guide yeah about uh how to read the bible i wonder are, will we put this on our website yeah somewhere that's where that's really um a sort of my a bird's eye view of my methodology that yeah. i use um yeah. and so it's not right or wrong it's just what uh so there's four steps yeah read oh. um so this isn't groundbreaking Right. <laughs> oh, You're that's like, what you wow, do with it. You I read to, it. I need to take wow. notes. <laughs> I thought it looked really nice on my bookshelf. Yes. I mean, you know. No, just um, so I read it. Yeah. Um, yeah of engage. Course. And that to me, like I'm looking when I engage the scriptures, I'm looking for repeat repeated phrases. I'm looking for things that stand out to yeah. me. I'm looking for questions that I have, things that are mm -hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. Some um methodologies would call that interpretation, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, like just digging in a little bit more. Um, and then, uh, so my, my acrostic is, is rest, read, mm -hmm. engage, sit. And this is for me, a key yeah. is that I've seen so many methodologies of, um, studying scriptures that edge Jesus out yeah. unintentionally. Right. It, but it's just, um, observation, interpretation application yeah right and i'm like hey just quick question where's jesus in this <laughs> you know that's so right i want to sit with the scriptures yeah. and i want to have a conversation um that's guided by the scriptures empowered by the spirit with jesus to say jesus this is your gift to us what do you want me to see in it yeah you know what are you inviting me to um follow what are you commanding me to follow where where am I off in my thinking mm -hmm. that you want to correct through this text, mm -hmm. through this, th by the power of your spirit? So I want to sit with Jesus. Um, and that means that I, it's more than just uh, a checklist. Got to get through this. And then finally, um, I want to trust and obey. Yeah. And so uh, to say, all right, what's what, Jesus, what are you asking me to do? And I intend on doing it because I'm your disciple. And mm -hmm. I believe you're right about the nature of the world that we live in. And I need to remove a pin that I have in my mind that yeah, I've dropped somewhere, somewhere else. and I've got to put it somewhere else based on what you've said, because mm -hmm. you're my guide for what's true and real. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's really good. And that, you know, it just, it's, you're right. I mean, it's not, it's not like crazy groundbreaking. I love that rest is the, the acronym. Right. Well, cause you know? Jesus says, come yeah. to me and you will find, find rest, rest for your souls. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we get to we get to enter into his rest. And yeah. you know, that's I, there's so much there. But I love that this idea, this idea of trust and obey. Um uh, the song said there is no other way. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. <laughs> to be happy in Jesus, right? But but in the, the, there's a lot of truth in there because that that word trust is biblically speaking, I mean, is the same word as the word faith. Yeah. So what we what we're saying, what we often use the word belief as a synonym synonym to faith, and and while there's there's definitely part of that, a better synonym is trust. Trust is actually putting your yourself into it. Yes. Right. Stepping yep. into it. 
Um, this is why that I think you you said you said this at some point. Walking by the walking by the Spirit, yeah, is a part of this, and that's why we trust. Mm -hmm. And so this isn't. Uh, I, I don't think it's on our website yet, but we'll okay. hope it was, and we will put it out there. <laughs> to get it in there, that'd be great. Yeah, it would so. Yeah, I can't give you a link to it, but I not yet. Rewind. Usually it'll be and in, in you checked, so I'm guessing it's not there. But in the package with the sermon, but nope, not nope, there yet. I didn't see it there yet. So all right, um, hopefully one day, and hopefully we'll get it up there soon. That's cool. a great resource. Cool. So um, uh, but but okay now, but still, trust and obey. Like ah, you know. People push back on obey. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because, but, yeah, good. Jesus had no problem talking about it. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> he had no problem. And here's why. Um, he knew he was right uh, about the nature of the world that we live in yeah. and about how to align our lives with what is true and real. And um, so we made this comment on Sunday. People can only be truly free if their lives align with truth. Yes. And... Um, meaning if you're living a lie, you're not free. Yeah. And, um, and this is just simply John chapter eight, uh, mm -hmm. verses 31 through 32, mm -hmm. um, where Jesus said to the disciples who believed in him, if you really are my disciples, yeah, you're going to abide in my word, uh -huh. make your home in my word, and then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah. So he doesn't say like, if you just read it enough, right. If, if you, you just, just if you just memorize you just, enough, okay, yeah, that, that, all good things, of course, sure, encourage it, <laughs> great things. Um, but he says if you follow, yes, right, if you if you do what you I do say, it. if you live it out, then you will know, yeah, right. Ah, as if to say that knowing um, transcends information; yeah. it's experiential. Yeah, yeah. That to know truth is to live in truth, and uh -huh. to go. Um, Oh, okay. So renewing your mind, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to approve what is God's mm -hmm. will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Well, how do you know God's will? Mm -hmm. Well, you know it based on submitting your body as a living sacrifice, renewing your mind, mm -hmm. and then God's will is something you find yourself in. It's not something you find. Ah, uh, yes. You go, oh, God, you are good, uh, huh. and your will is good. Okay, that's a great way to put it. God's will is not something you find, as if because we often hear it talked looking for it. I'm trying to yeah. see what God wants me to do, right? As if we could do that beforehand. Yes. And you're saying, nah, it's something you find yourself in. Submit like your that. submit your body as a, as a living, living sacrifice. sacrifice. Yeah. Renew your mind. Yeah. Uh, and then you will know. I love it. What is my will? What is God's will? Is good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah. So it. if you do those two things, you're going to find yourself in God's will. There you go. You couldn't find yourself anywhere else. There you go. After doing those two things. Yeah. I love it. That's Romans 12, 1 and 2. 1 and 2. Yeah. yeah. Actually, um, that's a, I'm, I'm working on a book right now. And that's a part, that's one of the chapters. So right. it's not like I'm just spitballing that. I'm like, I've thought about <laughs> those things and gone, yes, like God's will is, is something we find ourselves in. It's not right. something we find. I love it. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And and especially, you know, going back to the 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 John eight passage, which is this this famous passage, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, you ask average people. Um, I remember doing this in a class once. Who said this? And I had like all these other quotes, 
and then I threw in that one. Uh huh. And people were saying all sorts of random people about the truth will set you free. <laughs> truth, truth will set you, set you free. Like, like is that Spider Man? Yeah. That might, <laughs> I don't know, Martin Luther King. It might, you know, JFK. You know, because like, it just has nice. that. That I mean, is that ring of truth, right? It, it does. It, it just yes. sounds like so so passionate but we get to that verse and we think oh that's it like the truth we just need the truth but that passage really probably has more to do with the the way that you get to truth than the nature of truth itself yeah right because definitely i mean yes truth does set us free mm -hmm. okay but he's not just saying you know so just the, it's the value isn't truth alone it's actually obedience that leads to truth correct ah, yeah that's good yes hmm. obedience that leads to truth that leads to freedom that leads to freedom that's yeah right. that's right yep oh that's really good hmm. okay so so that was sort of part one now yeah um, all right part two was you have a body i have a body this is not groundbreaking news wow it just hasn't made it into the conversation about our obedience uh -huh. all that much uh -huh. and um i really i really i want i felt like we needed to answer the question why do we have good intentions oftentimes mm -hmm. and not follow through on them and yep. i don't think that's just my problem i think that's a human problem why are we the ocratic person yeah this is a this is a big debate this is a big philosophy debate actually it was a uh, <laughs> aristotle Oh, really? Going way back to Aristotle, he says, you know, why was there a virtuous, virtuous, uh, the yeah, virtuous, virtuous person, man? And then why is it that there was someone? And I believe he called it the acratic individual, and uh, and uh, acrasia, I believe, is is, and I think it's a word he that that Paul uses at some point in in Romans seven. Okay, that, that yeah. whole idea that why do I do the things I don't want to do? I believe that word is in there, or at least the concept is. Um, and, and so Paul, I mean, so Aristotle, you think, you think Paul's having a conversation there with, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that I have yeah. assumed. So, um, <laughs> um, I think he was very well read and at least the concepts were there, Yeah. but that, that, yeah, he asks, so why is it that some people can't learn virtue and, uh, and we keep continuing to do what we don't want to do mm -hmm. is that's a little that's that's paul's language but that's what aristotle is dealing with and but there's a lot yeah. of reasons right i mean i don't think it's as simplistic as to give any one reason right it's it's uh may, may we believe lies we have distorted desires there's all sorts of things going on but but one of the least talked about components to our spiritual life quote unquote is our body mm -hmm. absolutely is our material life yeah yeah um, and so I, I really wanted to talk about that because mm. I, if, if, um, as is suggested, uh, over 50% of what we do is automated, then, mm. um, even responses like fear, greed, anger, impatience, like if, if, if these are ingrained into our bodies based mm. on habits and patterns we've formed, then we've got to reform mm. our patterns and habits if we really want to take seriously being a disciple of Jesus. Okay. 50%. That's, that's, a, that's, that's that, a study. That, that's that a study? I, yeah. That, so things that we do just comes naturally. So uh, I wake up in the morning. I don't really think about like going to brush my teeth. Right. Necessarily. It just, it just happens. I my stub my toe. Is, my I don't. Oh, wait. I shouldn't say that. My guess is you don't think about grabbing your phone if your phone's right next to your bed either. No. 
or you know like yeah, yeah. so pa- like, <laughs> absolutely some of the things we do without thinking about it because our brain loves to automate things it saves our brain energy yeah it's one of the things that has served human beings really well right yeah, yeah. we can serve and we automate and um like we don't think about breathing yeah and yet you do say, it that's a big one yeah and we've, you know, we do it you almost never we do it all the time it. right you don't have to remind yourself to take a breath um your your brain also automates things like um have you ever gotten in your car and driven to work even though oh, you weren't going to work uh, absolutely i live so close that i drive by to almost anywhere and i can't tell you how many times i've pulled in to yeah <laughs> to my parking sure. spot and thought what am i, I think, doing here i think everybody has right uh, and oh, it's your brain good. it's just your brain goes Okay, so that's what we do when we get in the car. We drive to work because it is what you do most of the time you get in the car. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Or even like, I remember when we first moved into our house here in California, my other house, my house in Colorado, without the lights on, I could navigate it so easy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so much of life is like that, right? Like without the lights on, you can navigate it pretty easy. You just know what you do, but uh, that's because your brain is, uh, smart yeah <laughs> that reminds me of a, of a dog that we had as a kid if my my sister ever listens to it i'm sorry it was her dog his name was <laughs> sasha and little little sasha went blind oh yeah so me and my brother would move the furniture <laughs> just to see sasha there you go. Yes. run into a couch yeah there that, you go that, that's that's just mean i'm sorry <laughs> to all dog lovers out there um and to my sister but anyway yes it was yeah yeah, so the dog was very much knew how to get around right really well and we all do so that's a metaphor of our lives right we we all know how to move around yeah caroline said autopilot Autopilot, absolutely Uh, yeah yeah and there's a reason for that but and let me just say i'm sorry connie i'm not i'm really not that mean anymore that was the old me the new has come (laughs) he's in recovery (laughs) yes (laughs) so this presents a challenge for us in regards to discipleship because some of the patterns and habits we've formed don't serve us in following jesus Hmm. and so Mm -hmm. what do we do when they don't right then we have to form different patterns different habits that will serve us because i don't know if i actually said it in the message it was one of those lines that sounded good in my notes and i don't for whatever reason i didn't say it but i said our bodies are either going to help us become disciples of jesus or pull us further away from walking in his truth hmm. so they can either be an an aid or they're going to be a detractor mm. but yeah, yeah usually i think we assume our body is just totally neutral but i think our habits and patterns huh. either huh. help us or they hurt us. I guess breathing would be an example of, well, that's, you know, fairly neutral. But yeah, a lot yeah, of the yeah. patterns and habits we develop either take us away or bring us closer to God. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you figure this is the this is back to that thing. You, you know, Jesus didn't just save our soul, um, you know, as if it's removed sometime. Um, it, it, uh, by the way, sorry, I'm, I'm reading some <laughs> comments um, that are coming in. And uh, thank you for um, Gwen and Larry both said amen. It sounded like if you're just reading the, the notes, it says, Connie says, you are so mean, Josh. And then we get two amens, right? The only two amens that are here so far. But thank you, Larry, 
for uh, pointing out that uh, he meant that he's amending the fact of, that we need to develop new habits, right. not that I am mean. So I appreciate that. Um, so excuse me, I got a little distracted there. Uh, and then I've lost my train of thought completely. Thanks no, I, a lot, Larry. No, <laughs> yeah. Now, this is all very um, biblical in the sense of like it's this is ancient like yes. people knew this yes that's what, that's exactly because of the, our body yeah. we got Jesus didn't just save our our soul right right as if as if it can be separated that's the <laughs> there's a whole lot of debate about that and how and what and all that stuff but he saved us cuz we can't we can't do anything without this this body right don't make like that <laughs> <laughs> we can't do anything. We can't. Well, let, look at some of the core Christian doctrine, right? Yeah. Incarnation. Yes. Incarnate. In flesh. In... Like this is Carnitata. this is God Himself taking on a body. Like this is distinctly valuing yes. the physical body that we have. Resurrection. Touch yes. my sides. Yes. Right. This is a very earthy um doctrine right it's it's a redemption of our bodies not an elimination of them yeah and so i would say that two of the most foundational doctrines we have as followers of jesus ground us in the material world mm -hmm. um in a very very powerful way and if we mm -hmm. ignore that then i think we've missed the boat yeah and and we can even say like yeah that was meaningful for jesus in some way but we can't pray without thinking about our body at some level, right? Right. Um, in fact, I mean, for me, a lot of my prayer life is trying to not think so much about my body. Or, in fact, the way the way I I do pray is I begin by recognizing my body. Yeah, it, it's kind of a a way that I can kind of connect with God. It's like saying I'm here. Mm -hmm. This is this is where I am. And sometimes I'll even this is maybe too much, but even I'll, I'll like kind of feel my my toes and I'll just kind of work myself up. And yeah. so I'm, it's almost like by recognizing that this is me, this is where I am, I can then finally, in a sense, connect with God. Right. Recognizing that that I am not God, yeah. right? Um, but it's almost as if I have to say this is where I am before I can really enter into prayer. Uh, I mean, uh, a number of strong followers of Jesus would talk about like focusing even just on your breathing. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And it's the same type of thing, right? Yeah. You're grounding yourself yeah. in like, this is who I am. This is where I am. And I am not my body, but I am not me without it. Mm -hmm. And so that recognition is, is a really important thing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So that was sort of, we wanted to dive into that a little bit and try to give some language for people to go, okay, so what would it look like then to um, renew my mind and retrain my body? Mm -hmm. That was what I wanted to try. Mm. If Jesus is our teacher, this is a classroom. What, what are we about? Well, we want to retrain our mind mm -hmm. and or renew our mind and retrain our body. Okay. So I, I feel like I know what we are renewing our mind for. Right. Mm -hmm. what, what are we retraining our, our body for? Well, think about how powerful aut bad automated responses are. Huh. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, they have, they have a ton of power and I think there's just as much power in a, in a good automated response uh, in yeah. a positive yeah. way. And so I think hopefully that for our listeners and people that are here Sunday, I, I hope you start to go, 
oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like if I, if, if I can train myself, heart, mind, soul, mm -hmm. spirit to become a more patient person, it's going to align me more with truth, which is going to allow me to walk in freedom. Mm -hmm. Gosh, if I can do that, I really want that. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about just a, what I would say is a fairly simple four-step process. It's not mm -hmm. mechanical, but mm -hmm. um, it does start with a vision. Mm -hmm. It starts with us going, hey, a different, it's possible to be a different kind of person. Yeah. And here's what that would look like. Yeah. And you mean not, not like a, like I had a, a spiritual vision of Jesus. No, right? no. You're talking about like, like just a, this is what could be. Right. I mean, right? like just ground it on, like take the spiritual out of it. Like, let's just like what I would be happier if I lost 10 pounds. Mm. Right. So here's my vision of yeah. me at what, you know, 175, sure. right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, Don't do any and, math, and whatever you do. No. That's my vision of who I am. And here's why that would be beneficial. And here are the benefits to that. Yeah. And so it's not yet getting into the mechanics of how do we get there, but it's trying to get a clarified picture of, okay, well, what would, what would Ryan Paulson look like if instead of shutting down when things got uncomfortable, mm -hmm. He actually, like we pushed in and mm -hmm. engaged and asked questions and, you know, mm -hmm. so it's getting a vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely yeah. does. Absolutely does. I mean, okay. Can I just ask you, I mean, how do you, how do you get a vision for that? Uh, I, well, I think one of the easiest ways and most painful ways is to recognize when you don't live into that vision. So that is a painful way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you have a hard time recognizing that, you could ask people close to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. The first thing I, got, I thought of is like, oh, you're saying like when, when I like come on a little too strong with the kids, maybe when I, I'm uh, sure they can. My help voice you is that. a little louder than it should have been. Yeah, you know? I, I get it. Yeah, you know? when I don't respond quite so lovingly to my wife. Yeah. 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 And obviously you can step back uh, in good times too and go, all right, Lord, where, are you, what are you inviting me to grow in? Mm -hmm. And I think this is a, it has to be a spirit guided thing, but it's, it was interesting to me to think about the apostle Paul knowing I haven't already obtained all this. I have not been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Mm -hmm. I like the apostle Paul had a clear vision of who God was calling him to be. Yeah. And he was chasing after it. Mm-hmm. And that's encouraging because I mean he what planted 14 churches, wrote yeah. 11 books that we now include in scripture, and <laughs> seemed like he had kind it of a big deal. together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that that started with his his vision, his okay. vision of reality. And now he also had an actual vision of Jesus, right? I mean that didn't hurt. It, <laughs> it doesn't hurt. And and yet I think that some of that is in reading Jesus. I mean, I, I feel like the I mean, you, you already mentioned the the Beatitudes, yep. Jesus laying out kind of what life could be like, mm -hmm. what like should be like, and and seeing, looking at the way Jesus lived, the way he treated people, um, man, I, I so many times I think that's 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 what I want to totally, that's what I look like, and so that's what you're talking about. What that that vision? I want to I want to be like that. Okay, so we have a vision. Yeah, now that's a great way. That what you just said is that that's the ticket right there. Jesus is the curriculum, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. What do we want our life to look like? Well, if we're following Jesus, we want to live in his way with his heart. Yeah. He's, he's what we want our life to look like. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah. You said that okay. better than I did. Well, <laughs> sure. Yeah, you guys hear like, that? Look I'm at all the ways you look at all the ways you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, couldn't we just look at Jesus? No, yeah. No. Okay. Um, okay, so but it begins with vision. Then then what? Um, then it I think we have to follow that closely with and the acknowledgement, I can't get there just on my own. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not what this is about. This is not a call to self-improvement. This is um, a call as Jesus followers to engage the spirit mm -hmm. and spirit's power in our life. So, okay. um, and it's actually from the book that we are going to talk about in just a moment, mm -hmm. but the, this whole idea, I, I think I read it in, I think I read it in that book. He said something to the effect of willpower is great when it works. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't quote him directly, <laughs> but right. like right. I did mention that like willpower is great when it works, yeah. but it just, it doesn't, doesn't work doesn't all work. that often. No. <laughs> it works from some things, yeah. but not on all things. Well, yeah, no, there's a, there's a real sense. And I guess this is the, this is the center of all that we talk about in some sense is that what the gospel is, is a recognition that willpower doesn't do it all. Right. Or that I, at some level, there's an, I can't involved. There has to be. Right. There, there must be that. I just can't do it myself. Um, and this is foundational even in like AA. It, it totally is. It totally yeah. is. Yeah. And so it, any re like well-founded recovery processes would acknowledge that's a powerful declaration to mm -hmm. go, yeah, I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. And yet that it's powerful, but it's not often said. Right. Because true. We, we really want to say I can. Yep. And we, and we don't want to admit that we can't. So, and um, I think part of it is because we draw a binary, right? It's like, well, if I can't, then I can't do anything. And hmm. that's not true either. Right. <laughs> that's so that's where practices come in, which is step number okay, three. Number three. So um, Dallas Willard would define practices, spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines as something you can do that will empower you to do something you can't you do can with willpower do. alone. Oh, man. Okay. So huh. a spiritual practice is simply something. Um, ah, there, Carolyn's dropping She's some just, great man. Dallas Willard wisdom yes. for us. Um, a spiritual, pra a spiritual practice just simply opens us up to the, to the spirit, to God's spirit and to his guidance and to his powering, empowering that he is already pouring out. Mm -hmm. We just don't have the capacity to hold. Ah. It doesn't, it doesn't cause God to do anything different. I don't think, I think it just opens our lives up to what God is already doing. Yeah. It's like putting up a sail, yeah, right? I love it. The, and on a sailboat, like you, you catch the wind with the sail, mm -hmm. but you don't create the wind. You didn't create the wind. Yeah. That's, that's the what a spiritual discipline is. It's yes. a way to yes. put up the proverbial sail of your life to catch the wind um, that allows you to do something that you can't do with willpower alone. I love it. I love it. What Carolyn had said, what you just mentioned is that the, so, um, so this is, this is Dallas's definition of our, well, not definition, but the body is our primary area of power okay now of freedom so because our power is is limited here mm -hmm. right this is this is i think what he's getting at um but we have freedom here mm -hmm. but because of that it's also our biggest responsibility and that's that's what you're getting at here is that that this is also where we we have to recognize that we can at times we need the spirit's help yes here yeah and so that's yeah, yeah. Practices. Um. Oh, 
Uh, Connie had a great comment a little while back that I'm going to use as an example. Come if that's on. all right. What is this, um, Diet Coke? Yeah, 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 oh, Diet Coke. I, I saw it. She said, and I'm she glad says, you... um, that is so right. I'll give you an example. My Diet Cokes, I'd like to get off them, but I keep drinking them, right? <laughs> I'd like as to like, get off as if it sounds yeah, like it's a drug. Right. Hey. So this is one of the principles that scriptures would teach is that it's a lot easier to replace than it is to remove. So I never yes. got to this. This was on the cutting room floor. It ah. actually, I actually had it in my manuscript, oh, I but I never. It. Is it cut right yeah, there? Yeah, it's, it's cut. scratched out. Oh. Scratched out. But, Man, but um, you're already like 44 minutes. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Worship was long also. So oh, you know, is there? Yeah, 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 yeah. But listen to what Paul writes. He says, let the thief steal no longer. But rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Uh -huh. And yeah. so what Paul doesn't say is yeah. just stop stealing. That's right. Right? He says, no, stop stealing and work that mm. you might provide to those who are in need. As if to say, if you think stealing's mm. good, mm. you should try being generous. Mm -hmm. It's better. Yeah. Right? So it's this transition. Um, and so I don't know what the replacement for diet Coke is. Cause I, I, I used to uh, drink a lot of, um, diet Coke also, this mm -hmm. is years and years ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, but now, now you drink the, the, is this the bubbly? What is this? I the, this is the replacement, the you know, replacement. like, yeah, 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 well, and it, before then it was, uh, I forget what I said, but it, it was, it was not just stop drinking yeah. Coke. Yeah. It was all right give yourself something else you enjoy that's a little bit more healthy and maybe there's like tears where you work yourself mm -hmm. down mm -hmm. to wherever you want to be um but this is these are the practices mm -hmm. right there you go so you know you know what caused me to stop drinking diet dr pepper was my thing oh really okay a kidney stone no way <laughs> now I, I don't know for sure if that was it if that's what caused it oh, was that the one on the way Not back the from way. palomar <laughs> yes it was it was the worst, most painful thing. So I pray that doesn't happen to you. Um, I don't know if that really caused it. I think people have been drinking Diet Coke a lot longer than I have, and they hey. didn't get kidney stones. But I haven't had one since. And uh, someone mentioned that that could be it. And I was like, nope, I'm done. done. So willpower there took over. Willpower and, and pain. Kidney stone. Kidney stone. And it cost a lot of money. All that stuff. I remember you were on the floor oh, in your van. So Beth was bad. driving you down the mountain. Oh, yeah. She was pregnant. She was pregnant. At one point, one point we like, both I get know, out. I know giving birth is painful, <laughs> but this is unbelievable. <laughs> oh my word! Oh yeah, we at one point we're going down the windy road there, and Beth already like every day of her pregnancy, she, you know, she she threw up every day. Like she's one of those that got sick every day. Well, sure enough, we're coming down the mountain and we have two kids sitting in the back of the car. And then at one point she pulls over. We both get out of the car. Just, rah. <laughs> it was one of these moments. I'll never forget. Sorry. I don't know that why. That's awesome. This, uh, it doesn't really relate, but that got me to stop because, you, I, you know, there was a, uh, there was definitely a, a bigger burden that I, I didn't I want. Love that. That's hilarious, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so All right. practices. So, though, okay. So we said vision. Yeah. Spirit practices, and then I would say finally accountability. Ah. And that's good. Um, by accountability, here's what I mean more specifically in this instance. I think general accountability is hmm. great, but I think um, holding people accountable, or at least asking them the question: You said you were going to mm. drink two less diet cokes last week. 
did you do that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, you, you did. Wonderful. Praise God. What does it look like to move forward? Or you didn't. Okay. Well, let's talk about why, why don't you think you did that? Mm -hmm. And then, so the accountability is in direct connection to the person's vision for who they're becoming, Got it. the practices they've embraced to open themselves up to the spirit mm -hmm. and to just say, Hey, are we on track? And one of God's greatest gifts is the life that we get to live with other believers. So mm -hmm. anyway, that's good. Um, that's sort of, that's the process. Yeah. At least the best I can understand it. Hmm. There's all, there's ton more to it, but. And that's kind of a way to say that we don't do it alone. We don't do it alone. Right. No. I mean, because you could have a vision. I mean, you, you know, you could ask the spirits help and then you're not alone. I get it. But, and then you can do practices all by yourself, but there's a communal yes. aspect of this. And I think that's that really important. Each other. That's yeah, really important. That's good. And then, and I don't know if you're, you're there yet, but you mentioned some, some key practices. Right? I did. Yeah. And I mean, so here's my, here's what I would say. Whenever you're thinking about spiritual practices, these are, um, these aren't things that you you have to do. So you, this is more of an uh, you have to seek God and figure out first that vision piece, because here's the question is, who do you want to become and what behaviors stand in the way? Mm. And then we develop a set of counter practices mm. that will help us engage the spirit and he will help us bring about the change we long for. So mm -hmm. um, the, the practices uh should be encounter to, mm -hmm. gosh, I really sense Jesus inviting me to become a different kind of person. Mm -hmm. Now, I think followers of Jesus, there are just certain practices that we should embrace um, because they're helpful in that journey. Scripture reading, prayer. Um, I would argue Sabbath is one of those. Mm -hmm. Silence and solitude, I, I would put in there. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard to become the person that God is inviting you to be if you're never still. Yeah. And if there's always another just, voice, right? Totally. Always that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, hmm. So those are feet. Fasting is one I mm -hmm. mentioned yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Well, I like that because it, it, it fits back to our conversation about the body, the body and how important it is. I mean, talk about a, uh, all of those have connections to the body, but that one is so tied in mm -hmm. with our physical body. Right. That was so fasting was something Jesus assumed we would do. Yeah, right. Yeah. Matthew chapter six, when you fast uh -huh. and it's not, hey, if you decide fasting is something you want to embrace, yep. but when you fast, mm -hmm. don't be all dour and draw yeah. attention to yourself, yeah. right? So fasting reveals what controls us. Fasting trains our body to not get what we want and still walk in joy. And I just yeah. made a note in my notes, how countercultural is that to not get what we want? And to still choose to walk in joy because the lie that the pin we've dropped <laughs> in our minds is in order to be happy, I have to have all my desires fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And fasting just reminds us, no, you don't. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, was it, see, once again, in the book, I think we're going to talk about, I think he, he talks about how they uh in the early church they would have fasted every or am i reading another book now anyway somewhere here it's, the, true. it's one of these books. two days a week two days a week they would fast yeah, i don't remember if it was that one or not yeah but it, it's in one of them it's in somewhere it was, here well it's true it is true yes okay <laughs> so that uh that two days a week that that the church would fast and it, you know it, odds are it might have been something like you know you'd you'd eat 
when sun went down or mm -hmm. something like that, right? So, um, you know, at least a, a most of the day fast, which is a which is a great a great way to fast. Yeah. Um, and it's I mean, it's like it it hurts enough. And there's yes. a sense in which you want fasting to to hurt enough. <laughs> it need, yeah, it needs to. It needs to because that's that's kind of the point to remind ourselves. Yeah. So, so yeah, we okay. We mentioned this book a few times, and so it is time to announce our final segment of the podcast. Ryan brought a book. Ryan brought a book. Da -da -da. Thank you da -da -da. to Gwen again. Yes, who made this for us. We love Gwen. And so, we love her family. I know. Yes. So tell us about All right. this book. This book is called, um, and this isn't the actual book. This is uh, a picture of the cover. And uh -huh. partially because I am I have it at home. I I did finish it, but I'm using it in, in a discipleship thing I'm doing with, with, uh, with a friend of mine. So yeah. um, anyway, Live No Lies by John Mark Comer. Okay. It just came out, uh, was it like 10 like, days ago now? Yeah. Two weeks ago? Something like that? Yeah. Josh and I went down, heard him speak, mm -hmm. and um, both of us we we got the book and have both read it. And yeah, I get I give it two thumbs up. Absolutely, yeah. He signed it. He signed his initials at least. He's like, Did you sign my yeah. It's like the JMC. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, he signed a lot of them, I'm sure. But that that was yeah, it was really cool. Really cool to to kind of you know see him, hear him talk about this, and then to and then to read it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Two thumbs up. Fascinating book. Um, he goes through uh, the three enemies of the soul. Mm -hmm. So the world, the flesh, the devil. Um, he does them in, in a different order, but I just like using mm -hmm. them in the mm -hmm. order Paul listed them. In, so <laughs> yeah, come on, John. Could have. <laughs> but to to have a good, robust theology of each of those things, the world, the flesh, the devil, and Absolutely. how each one of them um bombards our soul and if if in order to be truly free we must walk in truth then um there are lies that we have to combat and he does a really good job in helping us sort of peel the layers back a little bit from our our own sort of cultural moment right now to go what are some of the lies that yeah. we're believing and how can we wash our mind with truth rather mm -hmm. than lies mm-hmm Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 in a lot of ways. And, and I love how he framed it, that it's a, it's a book about Satan. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Right. And the tools <laughs> so that Satan uses uh, to, to try to win. Yeah. Right. Because that's back to this, this whole, this whole point that, that the, the enemy and our, you know, our, our ultimate enemy is Satan, but we're also our own worst enemy at times. Right. Flesh. The flesh really is, and the world can be, for sure. Um, I really not, liked his de description of the world, yes, where yes. it's distorted desires that get yes. worked into the way societies work and function, yes. norms, societal norms. And um, man, that's just uh, yes, that's so true. Uh, yes, and I was loved. I was just about to say okay, something sorry. like that. No, 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 no. But I love how he pointed out it's not the people. Yeah, that when because when we talk about world it's you know it's not the the, the people are enemies it's never that okay the, this once again is satan who and all of those things come together to to kill kill still and destroy it takes away life yep and yet understanding our enemy is a, is a great way to success it is so that's the it, only way it fits yeah. really well into what we're talking about here yep 
and all I'm going to be talking about that concept a little bit more next Wednesday night at yes. the spiritual warfare seminar that we do. I know, I so, know, I know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm for interested. That. Uh, wow, I'd be interested to see how this interacts with that a little bit. I or, think John eight is a really, really important chapter in regards to spiritual warfare yeah. about lies and the devil and so hmm. interesting right now maybe we ought to maybe we ought to post this as a part of vitology oh we should yeah that'd be great maybe that's a great idea could, uh, oh interesting okay all right so you heard it ladies and gentlemen so in two weeks we will uh we will join you at at seven next so week. This next week, that is next week. Right? I have to be ready for that. Next you week. have to be ready next week. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> that is next week. And, uh, and absolutely Tara says the Satan is the father of lies. And so, um, we will, uh, we will go, we will be live on here. We'll post it to Vitology as well. And, uh, right on. you can, you can listen in and you're teaching tomorrow night. Yes. At the I apologetics, am. Uh, apologetics, apologetics class. So if Our, you're local and in town, it's, Come on a, out. it's on zoom so if you're, it's <laughs> if you're on zoom and in town they've gone entirely back to zoom all right and so cool. yeah yeah it's gonna be a fun one um i'll just say the the title say the because title. yes i just title is so good you know when you come across a good title you're like ah it just preaches itself it does. right yep so the, the title is not so fair you see <laughs> so if you it's uh it's really talking about the logic of the Pharisees and really it's the illogic of the Pharisees and anyway it's a, it, it'll be fun it'll be fun in a way that you can kind of talk with I get to be a little bit more like a philosopher I like that you know which is kind right. of fun so anyway. right on all right y'all well Ryan thank you thank you Absolutely. very much thanks for sticking that around fun everybody thank you for all your involvement and uh, we appreciate you all so God bless you. Have a good one. God bless.